Welcome to the Linwood Covenant Church Podcast, presented by Pastors Dave Osterkamp, Rachel Hart, and Chris Kelly. Join us each week as we dive into the timeless wisdom of Scripture, exploring Jesus' message of love, hope, and faith that unites us all. So sit back, relax, and let's get into this week's service. There's a saying that I've heard, and maybe you've heard, and maybe you agree with, maybe you do not, but uh, the saying uh, says this, the saying is, never meet your heroes. Have you heard that before? Never meet your heroes, because who they appear to be might not be who they are in reality. I read a story of a man who met Captain Kirk, not the one who's going to play quarterback today, the real Captain Kirk, uh, the, one who, the one who fights space invaders on, on TV. Uh, and so the, the story goes that, that he met Captain Kirk at an airport. He was a server in a restaurant, and, uh, and, and the captain came in to, to eat, and, and let's just say it didn't go well. According to the, uh, to the internet, uh, this, this poor server met his hero. He loved, uh, he loved William Shatner and Captain Kirk, and, and when he came in, um, he was complaining about how small the restaurant was and how poor the service had been and, and how much he disliked the state of the union that he was currently in. I don't know which state that was. I'm curious, but he didn't say. And, uh, and, and then he said the server really kind of played it cool and even indulged some of his complaints. And then when it was time to, to pay up, uh, he snapped his fingers to get the bill, which I guess no server really likes, if you've ever served. That's not, not your favorite method of communication. Um, and then he came up and he said, I'm a big fan. Thank you, sir. And, and he said he just got a stare. He just got a stare. Now, before you go and, and, and cancel Captain Kirk, you, we, all, we all know that, uh, uh, that you just have a bad day sometimes. Also, like, I couldn't fact check this story. It was a story I found on the internet, so it might be completely false. That's how the internet works, right? But we all know that the heroes we look up to sometimes let us down. That's why the saying came, never meet your heroes, because they're human, right? Maybe Captain Kirk just found out that his dog died that day, and he just had a really bad day. Or, or maybe Captain Kirk is really Captain Jerk. We don't, we don't know. Um, it's hard, it's hard to say. So often our heroes look like awesome people, and then we find out they're, they're really, really just good actors or actresses, and, and they seem lovable on, on, and fun on TV, but in real life, it's a different story. So as we look at, as we look at Jesus, I want to make the, the case that the same is, is really true. It was really true for Jesus 2,000 years ago, and it's really true for Jesus in 2023. And, and what do I... What do I mean by that? Well, often our perception of who Jesus is doesn't match reality. Not that Jesus is worse of a person than we think he is, like, like so often when we meet our heroes, but that Jesus is different and his goals are, are different and his actions are different than we would expect them to be. And if we're honest, often than we would want them to be. Jesus was a rabbi, a teacher of God's word, a person, I think, especially in the book of Mark, said he spoke with authority. Like, uh, he, he, taught, he taught God's word, and there was something about him. Like, he knew what he was talking about. We found out, well, he's God. So, yes, he does know what he's talking about. But, but he, he taught the word of God different. A lot of the rabbis would, would continue with this oral teaching, and Jesus would often say, well, you've heard it said, but I say to you, meaning, well, the normal teaching is of, the, of the passage is this. But let me tell you what the correct teaching of this passage is. You see that all throughout Matthew chapter 5 and 6 if you read the Sermon on the Mount. And so he, he captured people's attention. If Jesus was a rabbi, a teacher of God's word, a person of authority, 
people wanted to follow him. That's what you did in the ancient culture. You found a rabbi and you wanted to follow him if you also wanted to be a rabbi. It was, it was the esteemed profession. It was reserved for the best and brightest. In modern times, a young boy might say when his teacher asks or his mother or father asks, well, I want to be a doctor or I want to be an engineer or I want to be a professional athlete or president. But in the ancient culture in 2,000 years ago, in the first century, they would say, well, I want to be a rabbi. I want to be, I want to be a rabbi. That's a person of authority, a person who is a, a religious teacher and also uh, leading the country, a, a political leader. And that's where there was power and prestige and respect and wealth and, and all of those things. And so if you were a rabbi and you wanted people to follow you and learn from you, you wanted good followers. You would pick the smartest and the best. You had an esteemed position. You could say like it is to get into medical school or a lawyer, like, well, it's hard to get in those schools because we want the best of the best to be a nurse or a doctor or whatever it is. And, and so you would pick the best of the best. Jesus walked up to two fishermen, which means they already had discerned that they, they didn't get picked to become a rabbi. They, they, they didn't get picked in, in that game on the school playground at some point in their life. And they're like, okay, I give up on that dream. I'm going to be a, a fisherman. And Jesus went up to them and said, you guys, follow me. This is good news. We find out quickly that you don't have to be the best and the brightest to follow Jesus. Jesus says to James and John, and they were in a boat, to Peter and Andrew, follow me, follow me. James and John were in a boat with their father Zebedee working on their nets. You can kind of picture them fixing their nets, working on their nets, ready to fish that night. And Jesus comes up to them and says, follow me. I want you guys to follow me. They knew who Jesus was. They had seen and heard him. There was a buzz going on, and it says they immediately left their boat and their father and followed him. Later on in Matthew, Jesus goes on to call a tax collector, the author of the book, Matthew himself, to follow him. That would have never happened. That's totally outside of any expectation that a rabbi would ask a tax collector to come and follow him. Jesus says, follow me, and he says it to us today, follow me. Don't follow the Jesus you want to, to, to follow. Follow Jesus as he is. Follow him. Trust him. In Matthew chapter 8, Jesus says to some people that wanted to follow him, yeah, I'm not quite who you expect. There's some surprising passages in Matthew chapter 8. The first is a teacher of the law. A teacher of the law, when you read that in Matthew 8, it means automatically that this person is esteemed, that he has already followed a rabbi, and he's achieved the title of teacher. He's an important man, a very smart man. And he looks at Jesus and says, I like what you're saying. What you're saying is interesting. It has my attention. I would like to follow you. Which you would think Jesus would say, yeah, okay, awesome, come and follow me. Jesus responds in a very interesting way. He seems to be saying, you think this life of a teacher and a rabbi is about prestige and power and wealth. That usually is what comes with this job title. Jesus would have left him baffled when he says, well, foxes have dens or holes in the ground they live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Now, we could, we could well, we're just going to briefly address that statement. Jesus loved to use the term Son of Man, which a lot of people didn't use. It's from Ezekiel and Daniel. What we come to find out when Jesus claims that title, it's a very interesting and unique way to affirm that I am the Messiah. Yeah, I am the Messiah. You're right that you want to follow me, 
But he says, I have no place to lay my head. He's not necessarily saying that he's, that he's homeless. What he's saying is, is that I'm not on a path that's going to get us prestige and power and wealth. If that's what you're looking for, you're following the long rabbi. I'm on a path of selfless service, of deep love of neighbor, especially the outsider, of following God even when that means isolation, rejection, and crucifixion. If you want to do that, then come and follow me. The Bible doesn't say what happened, but it seems like Jesus knew his heart and that this man decided not to follow Jesus. Another disciple said, I want to follow you, but let me go and bury my father. What this man was saying is very sensible and very respected. It seems quite abrupt what Jesus said, and it was. In Jewish culture, it was very, very important to honor your father and your mother. And in a lot of ways, that's simply what this guy was asking. Let me honor my father and bury him. There's a lot of speculation. Was his father elderly and he wasn't dead yet, but he wanted to wait until that happened so he was free to go? Or had the father died and he just had to take care of some of the, the, ritual, uh, the ritual honoring of, of, of burying and celebrating his dad's life uh, as a Jewish person would? We don't really know. What we know is Jesus' response, which is pretty abrupt. In essence, Jesus is, is saying, there's a lot of things that you can be allegiant to. There's a lot of things that you can, you can pledge your, 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 your loyalty to. It can be your kids. It can be your spouse. It can be your mother and your father. It can be all kinds of things. But first and foremost, it needs to be me. First and foremost, you follow me above all else, above every other commitment, allegiance, anything that, that, that is, that is in, in the way of that is wrong. You follow me first. It's a high command. It's a costly command. It should remind us of the story we read in Matthew 4, James and John. You remember that Matthew records that they were fixing their nets and Jesus said, follow me, and they left their occupation they left their safety and security, but he wrote in there, who else did they leave? Their father. You don't do that. That's not really ex acceptable. They put their dad in a, in a tough spot. The, they left the family business. They left their assets and their livelihood, and it surely had a lasting impact on their family relationships. Now, we don't know what their dad thought of Jesus or even this decision. He might have said, guys, this is going to this is going to be, put me in a tough spot, but go, follow that man. This is a wise decision. Um, I, I, I'm not for sure what his dad thought, but they left their father to follow Jesus. And in Matthew 8, it seemed that that man wasn't willing to make the same commitment. Now it begs the question for me and for us, how committed are we to following Jesus? That's our focus this September what does it mean in 2023 to follow Jesus? Are you and I willing, if Jesus walked by today in the flesh, and he walked by your work, and he said, stop that, follow me. If he walked by you while you were doing your favorite hobby, and said, give that up, and come and follow me. If he walked by and you're with your favorite people, and he said, yeah, them or me, come and follow me. What's your answer? It's a super challenging question. No one should pretend that it's an easy answer when we think about our occupations, our favorite people, our families, our favorite hobbies and activities. What's more important? 
We are called to be a follower because that, and that's what we are called to be and to do. And so that's the first challenging question for September. Here's a picture of our late dog, Kedzie. She passed away, I don't know, about a year ago or so. She didn't often wear hats, but I saw this picture. And I'm like, wow, that's a, that's a neat picture. She was a great dog. And she was a follower. She always wanted to be in the room where, where I was and where our family was. But she always had this desire, and I've spoken on this before. She always had this desire to follow from the front. She wanted to be with us. But she also wanted to be in front of us, and it left her in this bind, and it left her anxious and, and nervous. And, and we face the same temptation as we follow Jesus. Like, I want to follow Jesus, but I really kind of want to follow from in front, and I, I want Jesus to come with me. So I could be upstairs in, in my house, and Kedzie's with me, and she wants to be in front of me, but she wants to be with me. So she's always trying to predict where I'm going, and she would walk a little bit and look back, walk a little bit, and she's like, oh yeah, we're going downstairs. Okay, good. And then she'd go downstairs, and then I'd go into the bathroom, and she'd get downstairs, and she'd be like, oh man, where did he go? And she'd run, up, run, run back up the stairs, and, and sometimes this mess where she would go outside, or she'd look back, and then you just like take a left, and she's taking a right, and, 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 then, and then she's lost. And the only reason she's lost is because she wanted to follow, but she was always following from the front. I do that with Jesus all the time. Like, yeah, I know where you're going, Jesus. I'll go there. And, and, then, and then Jesus is sitting back in the chair, sipping the tea, and I'm out here doing whatever I'm doing. Or, or I think, oh, I think Jesus is going this way. But, but actually, he's just kind of like quietly, actually, I'm, I'm going this way, Dave. Uh, and, and, and when we follow from the front, we just get off track, and we get disillusioned, and we get things, we get things wrong. The best followers stay behind the leader, and they fix their eyes on the one they are following. Matthew 8, 19, Jesus simply says, come follow me, not from the front, but from behind. My hope for myself and all of us listening today is that we might say yes to this and that we realize that it's so easy to follow Jesus from the front, to assume we know where Jesus is going, that we, we know what, what, he's, what he would do in 2023, like happened in Matthew 8 with the teacher of the law and the man with the father that, oh, yeah, of course. Like, they thought these questions were quite easy. They thought they would say, get a quick, oh, yes, for sure. And instead, they got surprised of like, no, you think you know who I am, uh, but you're wrong. You're wrong in your expectations. Just like our heroes, Jesus does not conform often to our expectations of what we think he should be like. And so as we close today, I got four things that I want us to, to think about. It's so easy to get off track, and Jesus often doesn't yell at us and say, you're off track. It's often a gently, hey, follow me, come follow me, listen to where I'm going. We're going to work backwards in the order of importance, but I want to tell you about four opportunities this September that hopefully can help us to be a follower, because ultimately we have to be behind Jesus, and we have to be able to slow down and to listen and to watch where he's going so that we can stay in, in track, in step with who Christ is. So there's four things, and we're going to work backwards in order of importance. But one of the ways uh, that we hope um, uh, just to seek after God and, and to listen is that we're making our worship services, especially our sermons, just more acceptable, uh, not acceptable, accessible. Accessible is the word I'm thinking uh, to, to everyone, thanks to Chris Stoltzman up there. But we're going to have our, we have a, a, everything on YouTube, but we're going to have our sermons on a podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. 
so that um, really for our church family. And so as we're going through different series this fall, if you miss one, it's just easier to find and a little more accessible. Uh, we also have a, a first word that we went through the book of Mark, and we hope to add to those, but uh, we put that on a podcast as well. The first one is called um, Linwood Covenant Church. You can just look for that wherever you get podcasts. The second one is First Word with Pastor Dave Osterkamp, and it just works you through the book of Mark. Some of you have already taken that in and gone through it. Feel free to do it again, or if you haven't and you just want to understand God's word better, um, it'll slowly work through the book of Mark. Um, the second one was already mentioned at the beginning of the service, uh, understanding the Bible. I want you to take out your, your connect cards, and I just want to talk about this in a little bit more detail. In order to follow Jesus from behind, we need to listen to Jesus, and a lot of ways we do that is through prayer. A lot of ways we do that is through other people, uh, but one of the main ways we do that is through this book, and it's a big book. It's kind of complicated. Well, it's not kind of. It is complicated, and, and so we want to really dig into how do we understand this, especially the whole story of the Bible. My hope is, is that as you go through this class that, that you can know when somebody misuses this and kind of throw a flag and say, no, nah, I don't think that's a great use of the Bible. Or you can say, yeah, I think, I think that's good, that as you, as you listen to other people and try to discern Christ's voice through them, that, that you have a, a, little, a few more tools in the toolbox to be able to, to discern um, what's right and what isn't right. Um, we're going to meet on Wednesday nights, and as I said before, um, you can just show up on Wednesday nights, and we're going to work through the Old Testament this year, and you can just show up any Wednesday night, and I promise you we're going to try to make it interesting and fun and engaging and, and something to learn. But if you want to go deeper, um, you can really uh, take this, this understanding the Bible um, as, a, as a class where there's extra, it's going to be about an hour or two hours of work outside of the Wednesday night gathering. If you'd like to hear, get more information about that, um, I'd encourage you just to put that on your Connect card. Um, and I can email you some more information. We're going to have an introduction to it on September 20th. That Wednesday night at 6.30 will be an introduction. The next Wednesday night, I'm going to be visiting my daughter in North Carolina. So I'm not going to be there. We're going to have a service, and we're going to talk about Genesis 1. But uh, for this class, we're going to talk about Genesis 1 on Sunday night, uh, the 24th, we'll have a gathering um, because I'm going to be gone that first Wednesday night. Um, but we're going to have some books to read, the Bible to read, some podcasts to listen to, some discussion to banter about as we really dive into the Bible and what it's trying to say um, to, to us. Um, if reading is tough for you, and some people I know it really is, there's a lot of reasons why reading can be tough. Everything that we'll read, we'll have booked uh, mainly one book that we'll want to read, but everything that we read can be listened to through audio, and we'll make that available to you. So if reading, the act of reading is challenging, don't let that scare you off. We want to push each other, but we want to make this quite accessible too. Um, but the only way to really grow is to really challenge yourself. And so if you're interested in that, write that on the Connect card, and I can follow up with some more information. The third thing is um, a life inventory. Pastor Rachel and Emily Lemon uh, put this together. Um, I want you to uh, take this home with you today, so our ushers are going to pass them this out at this time. We're going to have a little music while they, uh, while they do that. All right, if everybody has your life inventory, it's been a an ancient Christian practice actually documented from like the 300s AD until now uh, for Christians to, to form a, a rule of life, to step back from your life and look at it from like an airplane view and to think about 
What is my life? What, what, where, where is, where, what does God want me to do in this, this season of my life, the next two, three months? Am I following Jesus well? How am I listening to the Holy Spirit? This booklet, um, I want you to look through, and, and it's designed to look at what, what do you really want most? And if that answer is, yeah, Dave, I want to be a follower of Christ. I want, I want to make sure I'm, I'm following from behind. We really think, uh, and, and, and Christians have been doing this for the thousands of years, really, that this will, this will really, really help. I want you to open up to the first page. We're just going to read uh, the first couple paragraphs of the first page as we prepare for communion this morning. I'm going to read these first pages. When we set a goal of deepening our relationship with God or becoming a better disciple of our faith, it is one often set with the best intentions and the wholest of hearts. I know in this room there's so many people that are and their desire is simply that. Yeah, I want to be a follower of Christ and I am a follower of Christ. Often we dive in with the grand ideas of of setting aside time of personal study, prayer, and powerful worship. Unfortunately, in a world that prioritizes being busy over just about everything, that is the world we're living in, the majority of us approach this goal set up for failure. As Ruth Haley Barton says in her book, Sacred Rhythms, we're trying to shove spiritual transformation into the nooks and crannies of a life that is already unmanageable, rather than being willing to arrange our life for what our heart wants most, what our heart most wants. Well, that's one of the big questions. If we really want to follow Christ, if that's the most important thing in our life, then we have to find ways to rearrange our lives around that, that we don't just fit it in. But this is the priority. This, this is above everything else. We really think that, um, that, that going through this book will, will help us do that. And we hope that many of you will choose to, uh, to work through this with us. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a kind of a new activity. Uh, we think with the instructions that are put in here, you could go home and just do this. We think it'll take two to three hours, a good chunk of time. If you're like me, you would say, oh yeah, that sounds good, I'm going to do this. And then my busy life happens and I never find those two or three hours. Uh, So we're going to gather next Sunday on September 17th from 4.30 to 6.30 in the the fellowship hall. Uh, We're going to have child care. So again, in your connect cards, if you think you'd like to come to this, let us know, especially if you have kids because we want to know how much child care we need to arrange for. Uh, We're going to have some food that'll be a free will donation. And we're going to answer questions and guide you through this workbook, at least the first couple exercises, uh, together. And if you're like me and it's like, well, I want to do it, but it's easy not to do it, well then, just come on the 17th and, uh, and, and we'll, we'll get a good start on this, uh, really looking at your life uh, as, as you're in an airplane and, and getting out of the, the tyranny of the urgent, which is so challenging to do. It's so good to spend an afternoon and say, let's just step back and think about where I've been, where I am, where I want to be. Um, and so that'll be on the, on the 17th. Um, I'm trying to decide if I should say this next part or not, but I think I will. I'm going to speak. At, I, I'm a man. I'm a guy. I think some of these things, um, it's challenging. And I, I, I don't, I don't want to get into trouble here. But so many times... I think it's like, oh, I'm just going to go do my stuff outside, and this kind of seems like whatever. Um, I think, I hope that there's a lot of men that will do this with me. It takes courage to look in the mirror and to slow down and to say, okay, uh, I'm going to work through this. I'm going to look at my life and look at where is God leading me. And, uh, and, and I just, I just want to throw that challenge out there that uh, 
Um, I hope there's a lot of men that will say, well, I'm going to do this. Like, this, this is something that's, in, that's important. And I hope as a church, men and women together, um, that we're willing to look in the mirror and take a moment to look at our lives. And, and this fall, this winter, to say, yeah, I'm following Jesus, but I want to make sure I'm leading from behind. Yeah, I'm, I'm following Jesus, but I know Jesus is always calling me to deeper waters. And I'm in pretty deep waters, but I feel like I'm good enough. And I know Jesus is saying, yeah, you're doing really good, but take another step, take another step. And it's pretty easy for me to say, no, 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 I think I'm good. But that's, that's the part about following Christ. He's always calling us to a little deeper, little deeper, little deeper, little deeper. And we think um, going through something like this where we step back, it allows us to not ignore that any longer, to say, yeah, I know, I know what he's been calling me to. And it forces us to think, okay, Dave, am I really going to do it or not? Pastor Chris, Pastor Rachel, and I have been doing this for a little over a year now. And, and I've written down the really important things in my life. And a lot of times I don't do them. And I have to think, well, Dave, you know what that means? That means you only say it's important. It means you don't really believe it's important because you're not really doing it. And it's been really, really good. And it's really helped me to say, no, I know it's important. And I'm saying it's important. And, and, and then I've been able to take those steps to actually do what I say and I know is most important. So um, we hope to have these done by September 24th. That's a goal, a deadline. It's, you know, you're not going to get in trouble if you don't. Um, but uh, but let's, let's make that together, the 24th. And then um, the 17th, we'll gather and kind of work through this as a group, um, if that helps uh, to go through it. And as you get through it, we'd love to know how it was for you as we look to tweak it and make it more and more accessible. The last step today is communion. So a lot of, a lot of things we're throwing at you, but we're going to finish coming to the table. Jesus says, follow me. I think of communion, this is how I think of it, and I think it's, it's theologically accurate. It's, it's, a, it's an altar call every time we have communion. We come forward and we come to the table and we take bread and we take juice and we bring it into our bodies and it becomes a part of us. It's an act of commitment that I'm a follower of Jesus. I want Jesus inside of me and around me and beside me and above me and I want to follow him. Doesn't mean I'm following him perfect or even today or yesterday or the day before. Just means that this is my desire. I want to follow. I don't want Jesus to follow me. I want to follow Christ. And, and so I invite you as you come to the table and as we close today to come with that, with that attitude of yes, I want to follow Christ. And as he pulls me into deeper waters, I want to have the courage to go there with him. Thank you for listening. We hope today's message inspired you to dig deeper into your own relationship with Christ and apply his words to your world. If you like today's message, feel free to check out Linwood Covenant's other podcasts, including past sermons. If you're looking for something to binge beginning to end, check out First Word, our first podcast series that guides listeners through the book of Mark. You can find all of these wherever podcasts are available. You're also welcome to join us for our full worship service, which streams on YouTube every Sunday morning at 9.30 Central Time. We'll see you next week. And remember, come what may, nothing will separate you from the love of Christ.